0: Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the official WNRG podcast. We believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared.
1: Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others.
0: This production is made possible by the dedication of our core team.
1: I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja-Evans.
0: And I'm Brittany LaMere. We are looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you.
1: Be intentional,
2: stay curious, and inspire others.
0: You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us. Hashtag WNRG Podcast Series.
2: So we are excited to have Tracy
3: Richardson in the room with us. Tracy, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I have uh, been with Humana almost five years. I started in August of 2013. I just recently joined our process transformation office as a strategic consultant. One of the things that I wanted to
2: ask you about, so this was my question, we sat next to each other at a dinner once, and when you were talking about advancing in the workplace, specifically for women, you said that there's three things that women should do. You said they need to adopt a process mentality, think digital, and increase their healthcare industry acumen. And actually, that sits on a Post-it next to my computer. So I keep that in mind
3: daily. So I just wanted you to talk a little bit more about that. Sure. Wow. Um, (laughs) I have to probably follow some of my own advice a little bit harder then. But um, So I think when when we look at the strategy for Humana and what we're trying to accomplish from, at the very heart, the purpose of what we're trying to do, we're trying to make people healthier. And, and do it from a lifelong perspective, that's hard. That's really hard work. And we're trying to do it in a way that completely and utterly disrupts the industry. And that's complicated. And having been uh, a member, having been a patient in a really significant, um, difficult healthcare situation myself, having been the caregiver of Medicare Advantage aged parents um, who were also having significant healthcare situations and navigating the complexity and the brokenness of the healthcare system? We have to get process correct. We don't purchase our healthcare. We don't experience our healthcare in departments and functions. We experience it in a process, and. Yeah. Even just in the last couple of weeks, having the opportunity to learn more from the Process Transformation Office and what, what we're trying to accomplish in the vision, um, I'm so super excited about the the work in that space and the way we're beginning to help provide the tools and the resources for people to begin to think about the processes of healthcare, how healthcare is delivered, how health insurance is acquired and purchased and, and used. Um, So I think you have to begin, even if you don't think at that big, big, heavy level, if you can only think about the work that you do today, where does the work come from when it comes to you and who receives it? That's the beginning of process thinking. And you begin to then look at your work and understand, is the work I'm doing going to impact to the best degree possible the people who are receiving it? Do I, do I need to think about whether or not my work that is really important to me is really the best thing for my department or for my segment or for the bigger Humana? We talk about, you know, fewer, bigger, better, what Bruce talks about. And that's ultimately around prioritization. And we have to think about our priorities from a member perspective and from the Humana perspective. And sometimes that's hard. That's tradeoffs. But when you begin to think about things from a process and you think about um, what are all of those tradeoffs and what's what's the receiving end of the work that I do, am I doing the greatest quality work, and am I doing the right work at the right time? Um, so I think that's the process piece for me. The digital piece is the speed of technology and the speed of information. We can only hold things in our minds, um, you know, usually about five things, give or to Give or take two uh, about the only thing you can hold in your mind at any one time. And so digital technology helps us to receive information, to hold it in place in different ways. Um, it helps us to have right at our fingertips when we have the question. I don't have to find a post-it note to think about when I get back to my computer, um, how to go look something up. If I'm at the doctor's office and I want to find out whether or not a prescription is going to have some sort of effect, um, then I can have that information right there in front of me on my phone. So being able to think about how do we get information for people to make decisions into digital and technological formats, that's going to speed up both understanding, uh, decision making, outcomes, those kinds of things. So understanding why the company is starting to be more digital. Um, it's not just about us communicating one way to members and to associates, but thinking about all of the different channels that provide the right kind of communication at the right time and the right kind of information. And then being connected to the healthcare industry, I mean, it's understanding what is shaping healthcare, um, understanding why there are different ways that healthcare makes money, understanding that health plans have a particular type of business model and physicians have a particular type of business model. And understanding where those tensions are and why we're trying to improve those um, goes a long way to understanding the, the bigger integrated strategy of our
1: company.
2: Absolutely.
1: So do you have resources that you use um, to marry the three? Is there a certain newsletter or e-newsletter that you read to keep up on with?
3: Um, there's a number of different things. I can't mm-hmm. say that I'm as effective or consistent, I think, in taking care of some of those ongoing things. Um, I am. A, I do subscribe to um, Harvard Business Review, mm-hmm. and I do read uh, HBR quite a bit and mm-hmm. healthcare industry insights. Mm-hmm. A lot of interesting information comes mm-hmm. around in HBR, and that gives you some of the forward-looking mm-hmm. work. I try to stay connected to uh, any of the energy uh, presentations around the business. So I learned quite a bit around what STARS is and why that matters. Mm-hmm. And that started, I believe, out of UNIDOS, if I'm saying their NRG name correctly. UNIDOS. Yes. Yes. Unidos. 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 Thank Unidos. you. Unidos. UNIDOS. I need to work on my Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some really interesting presentation speaker series mm-hmm. that were around different parts of mm. the, the business model. Uh, so I do that. There are some online um, emails that come in that provide updates around just where Humana is in the news. Um, I look at Humana uh, in our Yahoo Finance. So for our stock ticker, I watch the stock. And then you can read articles about what's happening uh, in the industry uh, so those are some different ways that Good. I try to, to make use of it. But it's little pieces. It's mm-hmm. not – I don't spend hours and hours reading the Wall Street Journal. And you
0: can't. They're, you don't. I, you no. pretty busy. So. I
3: am. I am. So, I think
0: yeah. Hi, Hi does a really great job, I feel, because they, they just released about – you had mentioned um, finding better ways to talk with providers. There's an entire toolkit out there about how Humana is working to improve our process and how we talk with Providers and there's even communication guides mm-hmm. about how we can communicate better with providers and what their pain points are and how we can address those in a better way. And same thing for our Medicare members. I'm I'm on the retail side, so how can we make things better and easier for our members because they don't the Medicare ABCs. Okay, they don't understand a lot of the times when we talk about MOOP max out of pocket. Like they're not going to know these things, and yeah. so they they are relying then on us to be those you know. Pillars of information for them and be that resource. So I think that's really, really important that we're continuing as, as, as associates to learn more about the healthcare
2: industry uh, so that we can act. Yeah. Well, now, so I want to go back to something you said earlier. You said, you know, we got to get to a point where associates um, in the process continuum can say, am I doing the right thing at the right time? Um, so that to me speaks to empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I know that's something that our, our, our leadership has started to talk about how do we empower our associates, how do we give them um, that that feeling that they can make the right decision at the right time for the member and what makes sense. So I just didn't know if you had any insights that you wanted to share with us about empowerment and how we can really grow that that skill set in
3: the workplace. Yeah, that one is is difficult because Mm -hmm. empowerment requires having a good understanding of what is in your swim lane and and what you are trying to accomplish Um, and having clarity around when you don't know whether or not you can make a decision, what are the right channels. I think that is work that is evolving. I don't think we have a fully solid answer on how to go about empowering people we are providing more and more resources Um, there's there is work and i'm going to continue to to showcase the pto because that's what my most recent uh, visibility is but there is work happening in the pto to provide tools that help with understanding work understanding how to um, measure your work understanding your process so that you can make decisions about am i responsible for something am i just informed about something do I have some sort of accountability to make a decision about something? Um, and those are some tools that are, that are available. I think there is work um, through the TED Talks uh, that we've offered through the WNRG that begins to help people think about how to be empowered. And empowerment is also around speaking up. So empowerment, I think, is not just something that is handed to you, but is something that, that we as associates have to be able to look at and say – gosh, I'm not sure that this is the most quality work, and I'm going to raise my hand and say, I have some concerns. I have, I think we've got risk that we're not going to be delivering the most quality work. Is there something different I can be doing or we can be doing? And that's the accountability and the empowerment kind of go hand in hand, uh, which is what our co- leaders are working on from a culture perspective. I would say the, the um, leader center, it's – I always get to is go slash tl, TLC. It's the leader connection. Okay. Yes. Um, that is a great resource, whether you're a people leader or an associate, that talks about what is the leader learning agenda? What are the expectations of leaders and how we lead? How do we develop ourselves as people leaders if we if we have direct reports? But even if we don't have direct reports, how do we think about leadership, setting a vision, thinking about growing talent, supporting one another? Um, understanding and being able to make decisions thinking about things from a systems perspective those are all elements of being a strong leader and that is irrelevant as to whether or not you have people reporting to you or not those are capabilities and competencies that are important and I think the career framework is more information comes out around the career framework and we begin to build the catalog of job skills those are also going to be things that are going to help people to really focus on what's next. What's the right next thing for my career? What's the right next thing for me to build so that I can be more empowered because I understand what I ne- I need to know. I have a good sense of expertise that I can offer. I can have a point of view and I can speak up. Um, I think all of those things are going to come together. They feel a lot of the times, I think, like, very discrete and separate initiatives but they really are being knitted together um, behind the scenes sometimes but th- there's it, it's all in support of the integrated model of, of delivering health care seamlessly to our members
2: absolutely and i, I don't remember if it was tim huval who said you know at the end of the day you just do what's right for the member you mm-hmm. know and and really can't go wrong if the intention is to do what's right for the member so I think those that's a a great way for us to start moving forward and speaking up and empowerment
0: speaking on a communication side have you ever caught yourself responding to men and women differently either in email or speaking to them
3: I tend to be a little bit more direct by nature in my communication style so I I have to make sure that I balance both the emotional side. So I do try to ensure my communications that I can start a meeting um, with. How's everybody doing today? What's our energy level? What's our gratitude of level? Just
2: jumping right
3: in. <laughs> Most of the time, I jump right in, and then I'm like, oh. Ouch. Let me pull back yeah. just a moment.
1: <laughs> you need a little fluffy.
3: Let me let me get us all centered. A little fluffy.
1: A yeah. little fluffy. A little, fluff.
3: fluffy, a like little culture. It's a little bit about our culture. That's true. Being here now, giving everybody that brain space to calm down from one meeting to the next, check in, um, see where our energy levels are. Uh, so sometimes I have to work on, on doing that. Um, I, I think because I've worked in corporate spaces and I've worked with executives for so long, I I have had to work to train myself to be more bulleted. I'm not mm-hmm. normally that um, succinct. But I know that there's a lot of information that comes at them, male or female, and it comes very quickly. Um, and so I would say it's less – for me, it's been less about do I communicate to men or women in one way or the other. It tends to be more about what do they need. Um
0: Target audience-wise, I, yeah. I, I mean, I try. Same goes mm-hmm. for like if we're talking to physicians or our members. I mean, as you were talking about earlier,
1: mm-hmm. I think it's an individual—not um, so much male, female, what profession they're in—but I think you have to kind maybe know your audience, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's a one-on-one or not, uh, because I understand what you're saying. Sometimes you just right-direct in your approach, which is uh, if you know. Your audience, or if you know the person you're addressing, you know you should be direct because that's the way they uh, want it to be. Mm-hmm. And but I uh, understand the culture part of it because you do want them to feel comfortable and uh, feel like they are going to be heard sure. instead of told.
3: Yeah, and and being able to monitor that—I that's my own. I have to work on my own level of feedback when. I might have a positive intent. I may intend for something to be more action-oriented. I don't think there's much emotion behind it. It's a check-the-box kind of communication. And I get a response that comes back that would suggest a much different perspective. The tone is different. Being able to clarify that and, and put some emotion behind it and make sure that I'm trying to put the relationship first and sometimes that's just picking up the phone. It's not even handling mm-hmm. it in an email. But if there's an urgency that that I need to correct that message very quickly, I think that's important. And, again, I think that's not male or female. That goes back to our values of thriving together. Um, and it goes back to candor and speaking up and assuming positive intent. And we hear all of these kind of buzzwords, but it really does matter that at the end of the day, we're all trying to do the right thing. And – when a message goes awry and we have a negative experience, how do we correct that in such a way that, one, we, we save the relationship, one, we improve that experience, and then, two, what can we learn from it? So I have to make those learnings for myself, and I'm not perfect, um, and, I'm, and I'm sure there's people that will be listening to this going, well, there's that one message. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But I really try to be thoughtful when I – have an email that needs to go out I read it over and over I really try to think about it sometimes I have to walk away from it um, you know to say that here's this you know kind of perspective maybe I'll even be clear if this email is coming across with a frustration tone please understand it's not towards you it's about this experience and mm. I'm at a loss you know let me take the accountability for my frustration um, and I need help. I highly encourage anything that's emotional to be done in face-to-face or uh, via phone. But sometimes that, you know, that doesn't work. So I think you have to really craft your messages well, carefully.
2: The baseline understanding there is: it's business; it's not personal. Mm-hmm. A very good coworker, friend of mine, when I first came into the role I'm in now, that was like her big thing was: we just all got to remember it's business but mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to make a, a huge organization run efficiently and impact the lives of members and at the end of the day it, it's business it's not personal mm-hmm. i thought that was a really good good uh, advice
1: and there's been buzz on the culture evolution and um, that phrase in the mood elevator and uh, um, and those pieces and so you do have to do a check yeah, on, on yourself um, on occasion, and just know where you're where you're coming from yep. when you're sharing a message,
3: and have that opportunity to. I I do this regularly. You know, I've got a few trusted colleagues that I can go to and say, I am telling myself a story that is putting me low on the elevator. I need to hear another perspective. What can I do that's more? What can I do to be more accountable? What is the story I can tell myself? Because it's going to come across, and that's not. What I, what I want is to be able to come across from the passion that I have of improving the organization, improving the work um, of our colleagues, helping to help other people grow in their career. Um, and if I've got a story that's messing up with my thinking um, or I'm seeing the world you know, from a perspective that's not great or I'm frustrated or whatever the case is, then that's going to become noise and it's going to get in the way of really serving out my passion.
2: So for those who are unfamiliar with the Mood Elevator, can you just briefly
3: speak to what that is? Sure. It's it's a tool that we have. Um, we have a partnership um, with a company called Sendelainey, who has provided us some uh, really interesting resources to help think about culture. And when you think about culture, you can think about the different kinds of ways that we understand what's right in, in the organization, how we work around here, what's the acceptable ways to work. And... By shifting the culture to be more collaborative, to be more um, supportive of empowerment and uh, speaking up with candor to make sure that quality is being at the forefront, part of that means we have to have really good decision making and we have to elevate information you know, at the right levels and, and be willing to do that. And the moon elevator is a technique that has been taught for a lot of folks that really just at the, at the essence is how we feel influences how we think. And that influences how we behave, and can therefore, you know, influence our decisions, influence what we think, what information we pay attention to, um, and so on. And so, having a moment to recognize: How am I feeling? Am I frustrated? Am I tired? Am I judgmental? Am I thinking that that somebody else has done something to me, or their their failure is causing me to be? having to do rework, and so now I'm mad, I'm probably not going to make the best decisions. I'm likely not going to be very collaborative. Um, It's going to be difficult to have trusted relationships when I'm coming from that perspective. So if I can turn it around and change my thinking a little bit and say, well, what else could the story be? Why else could this problem have happened? Now I'm at least curious. And I've shifted my thinking, and that may shift my mood. And now if I'm curious, now I'm interested in solving a problem, and I might be able to see that there's some different ways to solve the problem, and then I become a little bit more optimistic about the outcomes. And so my mood actually goes up, and I have a higher perspective, and I am able to open my mind to more ideas and build my collaboration, and so I'm going to make better decisions. And so the mood elevator is really just a tool to help us check in with ourselves around what are we feeling, how is that driving our thinking, and how does that drive our actions.
1: You did a fantastic job of describing that.
2: I had no idea this existed. Well, and what's really cool is I've I've heard a few of our senior leaders speak, and um, they would pull out their little – They have a little note card or... or Mood
1: elevator card. Mood
2: elevator card, and they would reference it and and just make mention of it while they were speaking to the masses, and I thought that was was pretty cool.
3: Yeah. We're working with a lot of the leaders across the organization to really help them think about how they lead, and when I think about even what we're trying to do as a company, we're trying to change the way people think about their health, and so we have all sorts of different tools and techniques. You know, I wear a watch that tells me to go stand up and walk. Um, I have joined a dash, and I'm going to get uh, an avalanche of emails and reminders to get up and go walk and try to get my 10,000 steps, and I, along with many others, will be circling our bedrooms at 10 and 11 o'clock at night to get those last few hundred in. Why do we do that? Why do we have Hmm. these reminders? Because behavior change is difficult. Um, We have a lot of different things that compete with our interests, our mental state, our um, time and attention. And so we need things that help keep us forming on the kinds of behaviors and the habits that we want. And so our leaders are all fantastic people. They're highly accomplished people. Um, Our organization is this phenomenal company that does great, great things. But collectively, we need a little help to make some shifts and to make some behavioral changes. And so these tools, these techniques, um, these little buzzwords that we begin to use repeatedly, We practice those. We practice those with our different senior leaders, and being able to say, "Gosh, I don't—I'm not sure that I'm really operating from the best point of judgment right now, or from the best—you know—from a position of curiosity. I'm feeling rather judgmental." If I say that with other people who've experienced some of the culture concepts, then we begin to check each other a little bit. Um, But we also are working to share that information more broadly with others, to say, gosh, this is the experience I had. We don't have to run everybody through a workshop. We begin to say, you know, I am just not sure I am really being fully present. Um, And I had this experience in this workshop that if I'm not fully present, I'm not giving my best self and I'm not being the best leader I can be. And so I need to change around this meeting cuz I just don't have the, t- the the mental energy to be fully present in this meeting right now and you deserve my time and attention. So we're trying to also help leaders to understand they can share their experience and share the concepts and begin to model how they lead in a little bit of a different way. And
1: it will transform the culture. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: It has to definitely be delivered top down. I, I just I fully believe that every research article I've read just top down because it just helps further whenever people see it, it's okay to keep modeling that good behavior because their leaders are doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I think it just makes
2: everything so much easier. I was at Perfect Experience last week and there were so many great parts, but the part I want to highlight is um, one of our leaders in healthcare services had her Fitbit on and another director was there and we were kind of talking about work-life balance and the 100-day dash and it was just so cool to see the Fitbits on these leaders, mm-hmm. you know, dressed to the nines and obviously, you know, running off to the next event. And that Fitbit is now a stable part of, of most of our lives. And it's just that in itself is pretty incredible. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and I hear great stories about leaders who um, have taken a lot of the concepts from the culture workshop. And they've applied it not only to their, their leadership style at work, but also how they think about their personal life. Um, and how they need to set aside time uh, to be fully present with their families so that they're giving them that right amount of time. Um, I've seen them have different conversations uh, to say, you know, what more can we do? Um, how do we begin to take accountability to support our other colleagues? It's not um, necessarily, you know, a mistake or an issue it wasn't something that was contained in our or part of the organization. But what else can we do to support so that we can make the collective set of teams successful um, so they really are starting to think differently to break down some of the silos it's hard and it's not going to be everywhere um, but there's a lot of a lot of really intentional effort happening across uh, across the organization so it's pretty exciting to see that
2: well and you, you can't impact you know the communities we serve and our associates without and the and the membership without taking the associates into account. I mean, in healthcare services, we know that the, the healthier our nurses are and our social workers, um, the better care they're going to provide to the members. You know, a better understanding they have of, of balance and holistic care because they're taking care of themselves and it's the whole put your oxygen mask on first. And I remember being... Not in the best place many years back and talking with someone and they were like, Tara, think about it. Think about, you know, you're on a plane and, you know, who do you put the oxygen mask on first? And I'm like, my daughter, Olivia. And they're like, no, you. And it was just a concept that I had never really thought about. Like, yes, I have to self-care so that I can be the best mother, the best associate, the best leader or whatever, you know, the title is. But mm-hmm. um, it's something that we all have to do. We just run out of energy. Just hit the wall.
3: Well, and I'm super excited that, you know, Bruce and the management team have really put forward so many of these efforts to um, invest in our associates. And so much of the, the work, while it's it's a lot and there's a lot that's coming at associates and leaders, and we're asking especially our leaders to do a lot with in terms of career framework and work day and the new, you know, um, incentive plans and just all of these different changes that are happening um, it's a tremendous amount of investment in our associates to do just that, to help our associates be the best they possibly can be.
0: But the payoff, to me, that's the, the payoff is going to be huge. I'm so excited for it.
1: Yeah. And along with that, I mean, they're not only, they're actually stepping out the front door into our community mm-hmm. and um, bringing in the community efforts along and partnering with um, different community leaders in order to uh, in push the bold goal. Absolutely. Local we'll of 20% healthier by 2020. And uh, I, I know Bruce is, is, Broussard is behind it and, and uh, supporting it. And um, it's like we're going full circle here at Humana. Yeah.
0: And that's it for this episode. You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us. Hashtag WNRG Podcast Series.
1: Until next time, be intentional,
0: stay curious,
1: and inspire others.